Before we get started today, I just wanted to make a special announcement. The Pop-Off Podcast is now sponsored by our good friends over at Universal Sound. Universal Sound is an Arizona-based record label that is dedicated to supporting and developing the careers of up-and-coming talented artists. They specialize in a wide range of genres, as you can gather from their name, including hip-hop, R&B, alternative, and electronic music. They're committed to helping all of their artists achieve their full potential, both personally and professionally. It's founded by one of my best friends in the world, Dante Bola. He's one of the most inspiring young men that I've ever had the chance to meet. I couldn't be more thankful for his friendship and his sponsorship on this pod. So definitely give their music a quick listen and stay up to date with what they're working on by following either Dante Bola or Universal Sound across all platforms. My personal favorite song by them so far is Opportunity by Dante and his producer Clay Mont, who also has some terrific vocals on the track. I threw it on one of my mixes back in the day, I think sometime late last year, actually. So make sure to go check it out. I'll link it in the bio below. Check it out, please, and thank you. You can also listen to Dante on the Pop-Off Podcast, where we ranked every Drake album last week ahead of For All the Dogs. And then Sammy Rita and I talked about that album this week earlier as well. So thank you guys so much for listening to those episodes. And you guys can also find a new episode of Rent Money on the Pop-Off feed. Adam Kapsch, Jack Turner. They are steady killing. I think it's their 20th week of doing this show. About 20 weeks they've done it, which is insane to think about because it all just started as a nugget of an idea, and now it's grown into a show with its own following. So we appreciate all the listeners that we have. We love you guys. We've been busting our ass to push stuff out for you, and we're just happy that you guys are there to receive it. So thank you so much. Enough of the sentimental bullshit. Let's get into the NFL Week 6 picks with Bordy B. Fairweather, take it away. Silence your cell phones now. What's up, guys? It's Borey and Biff, the Pop-Off Pod, NFL Week 6. We're horny, we're ripe, we're ready to go. Viv, what's happening? Dude, I'm fucking fired what up. What is up? There's <laughs> money right there. Let's go. That was the best YouTube intro ever. Let's go. Um, yeah, no, I'm ready to roll, man. <laughs> NFL Week 6, we're here. Um, we're treading water above the 500 line, feeling pretty good. You started out so hot this season, and now you're dog shit the last couple of weeks. You went 4-7 and seven last week. You're 23-16-1, however, on the season so far. So you can thank Bordy the first three weeks for making you guys money, but he's been fucking losing it to... DraftKings the last couple of weeks. Sorry, I should have redacted the sports book. We're not supposed to name sports books and tell their advertisers for us. I went four and five last week. I'm 19, 18, and one on the season. Um, but yeah, I like that intro. That was pretty solid. Maybe you should just maybe you should just do them from now on. I, I, it's nice to have somebody else do the intro. I like when Turner did it on a song draft once. Well, I, I need something to rejuvenate my betting uh, stats here. I Every once in a while, living in Iowa, you hear a story about a guy that falls in a grain bin and gets stuck in there and nobody finds him for days that's kind of how i'm feeling right now betting wise but uh fantasy wise three leagues i'm 12 and three across uh three leagues so uh i'm still the big dog in that uh in that arena you are the big dog in that arena but bordy i hate to break it to you buddy nobody gives a fuck about your fantasy teams all right that's rule number one of podcasting nobody cares about your fantasy teams except for you and maybe the guys with the league that you're in nobody cares about my team and i'm doing pretty well in one of my leagues and the dog shit in the other but nobody cares all right so bordy's been saying he's like you know what viv i gotta mix it up on the pod man i gotta come in here i gotta mix it up it's just a peek behind the curtain He's like, I want to turn it into a fantasy pod. I'm like, we're six weeks into this. We can't just fucking go fantasy now after we've been gambling the first six weeks. So let's get into them. You laid out the cornerstone games. You did a good job with them once again. Um, let's go to my favorite game of the week. Probably your favorite game of the week as well. The Cowboys and the Chargers play Monday night. Now, what a tease that these guys are playing on Monday night, but also Monday's going to be a lot more exciting knowing I get to watch these two offenses. Dallas looks to bounce back after. I mean, you go ahead. Go through it. How fucking depressed were you on Sunday night watching them play the Niners? Did you watch the whole game or did you give up? No, I uh, I left my buddies about halfway through the third quarter after one of Dak's three interceptions. But uh, it's kind of what I expected going into this game. Uh, in hindsight, I kind of wish we just would have forfeited and not shown up at all. We would have been healthier this week, just treated as a bye and be the first team to ever forfeit a game. <laughs> but... uh. You know, we're gonna beat we're gonna beat the dog crap out of shit teams and we're gonna struggle with the likes of the Niners, the Eagles, 
and teams like that, and I've just accepted it. Um, Dak, his flaws are showing over the years, and uh, I think the play calling isn't great. I had faith in McCarthy, but it's just kind of like a it's like a washed down, bland Andy Reid cheeseburger right now. Yes. You know? like it's like somebody took, took an Andy Reid cheeseburger and then soaked it in some water, like a sloppy steak or something. <laughs> Let's slop him up. That's just kind of the Cowboys right now. McCarthy does look like sloppy Andy Reid. Like, he's just kind of the sloppy Andy Reid. He has no, like, signifying trait like the mustache or the cheeseburger. He's just a sloppier version of Andy Reid. I really like that analogy. Yeah, the Niners are going to kick the shit out of a lot of teams. I honestly wish I was a Niners fan, man. They're, they're so fucking cool. Oh, my God. They're so cool. With their, uh, with their virgin QB and Kittle running around, shotgun and beers. And Debo and Trent Williams fucking walking out of the locker room with a speaker just blasting Super Gremlin and fucking yeah. Yeet and Uno the Activist. They just play the most ratchet shit in the world, and then they go fuck teams up. They're awesome, dude. I love them. A few instances Sunday night, Trent Williams was literally throwing our players into another player on our team, like using our players as a battering ram to block three other people. And it's just not fair, man. I mean... Fred Warner plays three, four different positions on that defense. And uh, we didn't even let Bosa kill us. That's how scary that defense is. But uh, Cowboys in L.A. How about SoFi Stadium? Is that one of the best stadiums in football? It is. It's just so nice it's, watching. A, it's so nice watching a football game played at SoFi. It's just so bright. The grass just looks cozy. And, uh Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. Hopefully, we can uh, hit Herbert on the chin a few times and uh, maybe get some points on the board. Dude, I would dry hump the living clit out of that stadium, dude. SoFi is fucking sexy, <laughs> dude. It is. It's a whole other world over there, and they can't fucking fill it either. Like nobody in LA cares about football. God, no. It's so sad. Like this is. It's only a two and a half point line. Cowboys are favored though on the road in LA because I think Vegas is like, this is a home game for Dallas. There's definitely more Cowboys fans in LA than there are Chargers fans. Never made sense to me why they moved from San Diego. And I mean, they couldn't have built so in San Diego, but it just feels like it's rotting there. Like it's like having the sexiest woman in the, let's like say you have Margot Robbie, right. And you put her in a gay village. Like there's nothing there to take advantage of the fact that like we should be reproducing with this woman. <laughs> Like, we need to produce better offspring. But instead, it's just, you know, a bunch of dudes going around and humping each other. So, if SoFi Stadium is Margaret Robbie, um, the Bears field is like Rosie O'Donnell or something. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Soldier Field's a fucking mess. But hey, we're getting a new stadium. We'll talk about the Bears later. But let's talk about the actual football game here. Dak, I think he looks to improve. He's essentially going from the best defense of probably the last couple of years. I think this defense is on par with Dallas last year. Um, the Eagles defense in years past, probably last year as well. Some Patriots defenses. This Niners defense is legit. And now he gets to go against Brandon Staley and the Chargers defense, which has been laughable through about five weeks. And so I think that he has a good bounce back game. On the other hand, Dallas's defense, which was all world the first few weeks, didn't look the same against the Niners last week. Now that could be because they were on the field for a lot of that game. So they had to play, you know, extra reps and whatnot. I don't know, man. Herbert, you know, he's my guy. Um, and no Trayvon Diggs has it, – it's been evident that they miss Trayvon Diggs. Let's just put it that way. Um, and Micah is still one of the best football yeah, players in the it's, world. It's a, it's a tough scene. It's a tough scene in the secondary without Diggs. Relying on Bland is a lot of pressure on that guy. He's a young dude, right? Like, he's supposed to be baby Diggs. He's not supposed to be your number one corner right away. And Gilmore's been good, yeah. but he hasn't been great. He's, no, he's been hot garbage. Don't 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 give him any credit. He's been slow. He's been trash. He can't tackle. He doesn't practice. Um, he's just an overall bum without Diggs out there. He's a good number two right. guy, but even in Indy last year, he was getting cooked on a weekly basis. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Um, his days as an all, his days as an all pro are long behind him. But uh, yeah, Kellen Moore now the coordinator of the Chargers, former offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. It's an interesting uh, note in this one. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully the boys can come out on top. But uh, at least I can count on a sexy game at SoFi. That's a good point about Kellen Moore because he has like a... Wait, do they even play in SoFi or do the Rams play at SoFi? So they both play at SoFi. 
They share the stadium. It's like oh, the Clippers do? and the Lakers with oh. now Crypto Arena. But the point about Kellen Moore is good because he's just like a total beta male. Like he just looks like a pussy. And then Dan Quinn, on the other hand, yeah, he's a cuck. the DC for the Cowboys. He's a man's man. He's backwards hat, beard, bald head. Like he's a man's man. So um, after thinking about that, I'll probably, I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys here by two and a Kellen, half. Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore, like the cuck that calls in Dan Quinn to fuck his <laughs> wife. Christ. Mike McCarthy tweaks his little dinghy in the corner. <laughs> wow. Are you going with the Cowboys by two and a half? Nah, I mean, I would, but uh, I'm not. Just I don't really bet on my boys. Uh, like my buddy, he bets on the Cowboys every week, and it's either a great Sunday or a really yeah. bad Sunday, so I, I avoid that. If I would do anything, I would fade my own team just to like always like be neutral. Emotional hedge. Because I could not handle losing money and getting Molly watched by the Niners, so uh, usually stay away from the boys. Uh, I'm on this one later in our uh, about a bing ching category. So uh, got it. We'll save right, perfect. It. Moving on to the next game, another game that it's just interesting because like both of these teams had relatively similar expectations. They're supposed to be playoff teams going into the year, like the Cowboys and Chargers. Another NFC AFC matchup. The Seahawks going into Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Bengals finally fucking looked good last week. We were begging for them to show us something, some kind of promise between Burrow and Chase. And boy, oh boy, did we get it. Jamar is always fucking open. He was right to be a diva. I'm glad that he did it. And he showed out, what, 190 yards, three touchdowns, just fucking going ape shit against the Cardinals secondary. They're favored by two and a half here. They are bizzack, bitch. So how do you feel about these guys? Do you like the Seahawks here? Do you like the Bengals? Where are you riding? Yeah, I wasn't as impressed with the Bengals' performance as a lot of people were. It seemed like uh, Jamar was about all they had offensively. And uh, it, it was the Cardinals that they beat by a score. Well, the, or... the Cardinals have been feisty. They beat your fucking Cowboys. Like, they've been in every game. Yeah, but the air has been let out of that balloon a little bit, you know? like Sure. It, it's not the same Cardinals team as the first few weeks. They looked a little lacking. But, uh, you know, they got a tough Seahawks team coming in off a of bye. Uh, should be relatively healthy. Uh, DK is dealing with a rib injury, but uh, should be an exciting battle of receivers. I'm not sure if Higgins is going to play or be a factor in this one. That's kind of the big question mark around the Bengals because, you know, Jamar can't carry every game. He can. He can try. But uh, it's going to be a lot on him. Uh, Seattle off a of bye. Uh, I like their chances going into Cincy. It's going to be a uh, dog shit, usual Cincinnati weather in October. Speaking of, we just talked about, you know, Dan Quinn being an alpha and Kellen Moore being the cuck. This is another example between two head coaches here where <laughs> Pete Carroll is just the big daddy dick, you know, grandpa Dilf. And we got Zach Taylor, who's just oh, <laughs> soaking pussy on a sideline. Like he is so weak. <laughs> and I think that the Seahawks probably cover here plus two and a half because I agree with you. I thought Jamar looked really good. I thought Joe looked a little bit more athletic. Looks like that calf looked better. But there's something about the Seahawks. They just have some swagger to them, you know? Like, they're not the Legion of Boom or anything like that on defense, but they just have an energy to them that I love. And I think that Zach Taylor is going to be like, hey, guys, we played pretty good this week. I'm really proud of us, but uh, we got to focus on the next week. You know, it's time to move on and get some momentum from this win and carry it against Seattle. Whereas Pete Carroll is going to be fucking playing future in the locker room, and these guys are going to show up like rent money does every goddamn week. And, you know, put some fucking points on the board. So I'm going to ride Seattle here, plus two and a half. With you. Love it. All right, moving on to the next one. Your boy. You sent me a sick-ass tweet. I think it might have been right from the Colts' page. But this is a revenge game for Gardner <laughs> Minshew going into Jacksonville. Jags are favored by four and a half after beating the Bills last week in London. They finally return home to Jacksonville. They're finally out of London. Do you think Calvin Ridley's going to come back with a British <laughs> accent? Did he even make it back? <laughs> He's stuck in a brothel there somewhere in Germany, just getting his dick sucked by like three different hoes. Yeah, no, Ridley's been a baller. He's been a baller this year, man. Uh, You know, I've been as as good as Anthony Richardson has been. Minshew's the man, and it's Minshew mania. He has been efficient, slings the ball, and he gets some wins. 
and he gets it to the likes of Pittman, Downs, Grants in the tight end. And they got a two-headed monster in that backfield now. Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss grows on a rock. So, uh, yeah, I I like the Colts and the points in this one, to be honest. 150 yards. Uh, Colts haven't beaten Jacksonville in a while. It's, it's kind of like a, it's a weird trend there, considering how bad Jacksonville's been for the past 100 years or so. But um, I like the Colts to break that streak, and who better to break the streak than Gardner? Yeah, Mitchell. it's not just a revenge game for him against the franchise. It's a revenge game for him against Trevor Lawrence, who took his spot as the quarterback of the Jaguars. It, it's not. It's not revenge. For, it's not revenge for Minshew. He holds no hard feelings. He believes in the one true God, Allah, and uh, he's kind of he's kind of a live and let be kind of guy. I don't believe that for a second. He has way too much swagger not to give a way more of a <laughs> shit about this game. I think he's going to come in here blasting country music. Very tight jean shorts is my prediction for his pregame outfit. And maybe a cutoff, a flannel cutoff. Um, maybe brings back the mullet and the stash look. Um, but yeah, I, I like that too. I like Colts plus four and a half here. Shane Steichen is, I don't know, one of the three best play callers in the league right now. Like To get Zach Moss 150 rushing yards is fucking preposterous. He probably never even got 100 rushing yards in Buffalo, and now he looks better than Jonathan Taylor? Like, what the hell? And the other thing is is that he had Richardson go out. Minshew is not a direct replacement for Richardson. If you want a backup quarterback to come in for Richardson, you'd want somebody that can scramble like Mariota or something along those lines. They have two totally contradicting styles. So the fact that Steichen has both of those playbooks available to him is really impressive so i'm with you man i'll go colts plus four and a half here yeah steichen's like that kid at daycare that plays with the new toy just way too hard and breaks it in the first week (laughs) it's basically what he did with anthony richardson i mean he's got to fucking chill with these design runs i mean he's running qb sneaks three four times a drive and min or uh Anthony Richardson's never going to play a full season in his career. But uh, no. a benefit to us, we get to see uh, old Gardner Minshew perform. So uh, let's go. This is a cornerstone for me. And not many Colts-Jags games have been cornerstone games over the years. So This is the first one ever. This is the first one ever. <laughs> I love the Anthony Richardson point. It's like he's going to have – like most quarterbacks have a shelf life if they're good, if they're really talented like Richardson is for 12 to 15 years in the league. He is the shelf life of a running back. Like he's going to be like fucking <laughs> Todd Gurley, be out of the league after four years. Like he's going to win an offensive player of the year and then you're never <laughs> going to hear from him again. <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to get to his sec- he's not going to get to his second contract. He's not going to be able to read or write by then. All right, let's move on to the Ravens going into the Titans. Speaking of teams that can't read, um, Ravens <laughs> are favored by four. It's in London. <laughs> I, my note here is that Lamarvelous needs twenty one Savage, Skepta, and Central C, and let's include Dave in the mix here at this game because. He just needs them to honestly put on some wide receiver gloves and go out and run fucking routes because the Ravens receiving core is just letting him down time and time again. I know, I know, Bordy, you're going to be like, is Lamar really that good? He's on pace for, I think, 35 touchdowns or 38 touchdowns, rather, and 4,500 yards. Like, he's dealing, and he's still he getting drops, ama- drops, he drops, drops, drops. in a loss last week. He, he got absolutely killed by the drops. Um, London game here. Uh, one note on this, I would love to see a recreation of the Beatles picture where they're all like walking down that little street. Abbey road. With like, yeah. With like Lamar, Zay flowers and Odell <laughs> just like right before the game, yeah. just doing their little Beatles trap. But, uh, yeah. Um, Lamar, Lamar, I almost said Lamarvelous cause he got that note there, but, uh, he looked Isn't great. Not lost to the Steelers. Uh, Bateman dropped, three balls off his hands. Aguilar dropped two. Zay dropped another two. I mean, they had that game in the bag and they just handed it to Pittsburgh. And I just can't stand these Pittsburgh fans that are just on, on top of the world right now. Oh my when God. They literally so were, yeah. We're just handed a win. They sh- were dominated in almost every facet, put one t- touchdown drive together at the end of the game. And they think they're the fuck. They had to block a punt. Yeah, they had to block a punt, and I don't even think they got points out of that. But no, uh, they scored a touchdown on the punt. 
That was like the whole thing. Yeah. That's like how they got back into the game. It was ridiculous. Um, one fun fact about this game, our buddy Mike Cerrone, a pop-off pod affiliate, genuinely bought Nike receiving gloves on Amazon and sent them to the Ravens practice facility. I know that they received them. They had they're, to they're them. in London. They're they in London. With those? You, you got you Oh, so they'll get them when they come back. Yeah, you got. You should have overseas those. Oh fuck! I'll have to let Mike know. You should have priority. You should have priority the priority mailed that to London. They're not going to get those till week seven. I mean, he's definitely listening right now, so he's probably feeling like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Cerrone. I'm sure they'll get him when they come back. It'll be a nice coming home treat. Um, I'm going to go Ravens by four here. I just don't believe in Tannehill going overseas, and I think that Lamar is going to channel his inner twenty one and uh break out their British accent and fucking get to trapping over there overseas. Yeah. In true European fashion, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of kicking in this one. Mm. You got two good kickers. You got Nick Folk and uh, Justin Tucker. I'm uh, I feel safe with about every field goal prop on the board here. You love your field goal props. All right. Uh, last cornerstone game, the lions. The Detroit Lions in the cornerstone again. They can't seem to leave it. You know, they're just stuck in this fucking thing and they're going into Tampa Bay. They're a fun team to watch. They're playing the Buccaneers, Bordy. The board, the Buccaneers, the Bordeneers, they're three and one. And if they win this game and they're four and one, I think I lose my preseason bet of them. I have them at four and a half wins. So I pretty much need them to lose out the rest of the season if they win this game. Um, I had them under four and a half wins to be, um, exact so didn't put a whole lot of money on it not you're gonna, gonna have to bad. take that up with uh take that up with max Ruprecht. he's not gonna be too happy with you i never told him about it and i don't think he listens to the pods because he's not a podcast guy but um please don't tell him i don't want to tell him that um because yeah <laughs> i i know i know he was preaching bucks all off season i get it i just couldn't buy into it but now i'm kind of bought in i really like their defense I love Baker Swagger. They had an early buy, though, which is interesting. I think four teams had buys last week, and they were one of them. So three and one going against uh, the Lions, who I believe are three and two, or are they four and one, one or the other. But, um, God, this is just a fun game, a, a game that I did not expect to be a cornerstone game at the beginning of the season, obviously based on my preseason bet on the uh, Buccaneers. But Amon Ra Brown is back. Amon Ra St. Brown is back. And I'm just really excited to watch this game. Another game with some sick receivers of Mike Evans and Amon Ra. Laporta's out, which hurts. I mean, he's been so fucking good. He's been literally a – name three tight ends in the league that are better than Laporta right now, Bordy. I'd still take Kittle over him just yep. with the run blocking aspect. But Laporta's a great run blocker too. It comes from the same tree. Um, a really underrated part of his game. They've been using him a lot as a blocker. Especially as a puller, I love watching him pull around yes. the end man and just smack some linebacker in the ear hole yep. with his big dumb stupid face. But um, stupid as fucking. Yeah, face. Lions are a fun team to watch. They got a uh, they got James Williams back last week. Uh, Gibbs is dealing with a few things, but uh, they got guys everywhere. So uh, I expect a big game out of Mike Evans. Uh, Lions are a little soft on the back end. They're more uh, run support types. So. Uh, yeah, a good NFC matchup here down in Tampa. Tell me if this is sacrilegious. This Lions team reminds me of some of the Patriots teams of the past. Maybe not the ones that won the Super Bowls, but you know, just not a lot of guys that are like elite, elite, all pro, like Justin Jefferson level players at wide receiver or anything like that. Like they always got by with just average receivers at most positions. Obviously, Goff isn't Brady, but they're just winning in the trenches every week. Offensive line, defensive line out toughing people and their coaching is really really good like people were laughing at dan campbell when he originally got hired and had that interview and now he's cackling at these motherfuckers with 125 milligrams of caffeine coursing caffeine coursing through his veins every millisecond like that dude is buzzing all the time i think he's just a walking zen mixed with some beef jerky <laughs> mixed with a fucking venti quadruple espresso shot like he's just a fucking nut yeah dude. Have you it. seen that video where he talks about his coffee order? Glug, 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 glug. Yeah, I'm not very up on my coffee terms, but it sounds like he drinks a lot of coffee. He drinks a lot and, of uh, coffee. Offense coordinator Ben Johnson has been a bright spot there. Uh, I think they ran a play last week where the center snapped the ball between Jared Goff's legs. To the running back. 
to the running back direct snap RB power or something. Yep. And I've never seen that before in my fucking life. He's fucking around. It's fucking dude. awesome. You would have think you would have think Andy Reid would have done that and fucking jerking off on the sideline, but Ben Johnson? Who the fuck who the fuck's Ben Johnson? Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions are the third best team in the NFC? Yep. And the I thing love about it, I love it. The thing about him is that like most of these coaches that pull out those little tricks, they're from the Shanahan tree. I have no idea where Ben Johnson's from, but he's not from the Shanahan tree. He's like his own little microorganism just coming into the league and being like, we're starting a Ben Johnson tree, baby. If you ask Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson's from the giving tree because he'd be giving mm. out TD. Mm, I like that one. Like that? one. I'm going to go, <laughs> just because of that bar right there, I'm going to go with Detroit by three here in Tampa. Fuck it. Let's ride. Let's ride this fucking wagon until the wheels fall off, man. Yeah, just fucking ride the lions till the end. Golf covers, dude. That's what he does. He wins and he covers. Like, you know, that Rams deal, it's not looking so sexy nowadays with golf balling out the way that he is. I know they got their Super Bowl, but I don't know, man. I really like the way golf's been playing. All righty, let's move into the sloppy slate. We'll fly through these because we're running a little bit behind, but, you know, we want to get everybody into the weekend. Sloppy slate. It's the sloppy slate. The first one, I've got the commies at the Falcons. Falcons are favored by two and a half. Can Desmond Ritter remain undefeated at home, Bordy? No. He loses this one? I mean, maybe this week, but that's not going to keep up. Well, no shit. If you're going to bet against him finally losing a home game. That's just because Young Hoku turns into fucking Messi at home. He's like fucking Ronaldo in that dome. But, uh, yeah, Bijan's dope as fuck. Uh, Commander's offense is fun to watch. Sam Howell. He's he's gonna fuck up a few times, you know. He he's gonna gonna make some questionable decisions, but he's gonna sling that fucking thing. He's not scared to sling it. He's not scared to hit uh, Brian Robinson in the flats or uh, Jahan Dotson on a twenty-five yard curl. So uh, I like the I like the commies to stay in this one. I'm not sure who's gonna pull it out. Similar to the Falcons Texans last week, I think right. this will be a close one. But uh, I think it'll be a high-scoring one. We'll get to that in the bada-bing cha-ching. Okay, I like that. Um, we're also on Bijan watch. This man is averaging 110 yards from scrimmage per game. Yards from scrimmage is rushing and receiving yards. The behind-the-back catch last week was some Rondo shit. I haven't seen some shit like that on an NFL field ever before in my life. He was literally pulling out old 08 Rondo tricks out the bag. So just one of the most fun yeah, players we're to watch Yeah, we're absolutely league. blessed. We're absolutely blessed with that uh, – Skycam in Atlanta. So ill, dude. Steve Bijan from 25 feet in the air. And it just puts in perspective, like, the moves that he does. Because from a sideways angle, you can't really tell with a lot of these juke moves and stuff that running backs do. But from that aerial view, dude, it's fucking insane to watch. I The first thing that I thought when I saw that video was can we get some pornos with this kind of cinematography? Because and it doesn't have to be like all of them, just like a couple. Of, and they don't have to be whole pornos, just like highlight real pornos, like on my TikTok. Just screen. one. I just you want know, one. Just a couple of clips of like a Bella Danger riding cock like that. Like that would just be absolutely elite. And I don't know how I would pay top dollar for that because I've never had to pay for porn in my life. But if somebody ran up to me on the street after, you know, eight or nine whiskeys and was like, hey, we got some material for you. It's five bucks. You talked about it on the pod with Bordy. I'd be like, is it a Bella Danger? And is it the Skycam? <laughs> and if they said yes, then I would say, how much? They say five bucks. I would say, here's a Lincoln, baby. Um, all right. I, I like this game. This will be fun. Imagine um, how sad Imagine how sad a Skycam would be like at your office job or something like that. <laughs> like just like a sky cam of you typing on the computer no it wouldn't be that sad because it'd be a sky cam of me watching a sky cam of a bella danger like it would be it would be the (laughs) you know the inverted mirror through a mirror thing it would be pretty sweet let's move into um my game of the week um bordy i like watching the bears now it's actually a fun project for me it's no longer the most depressing thing in my life um they are home dogs against the vikings without justin jefferson the Vikings are favored by three points and the bears are not back because they were never here in the first place. We've literally never had a good quarterback in our entire franchise. 
but God, it's just way more fun to watch now, right? Like you have to have had appreciated that Thursday. Like we talked about the Thursday night game last week quite a bit, but have you been like excited to watch the Bears like this before in your life? Or are you still like, eh, they're probably going to go back to sucking cock? No, it's always fun the past few years watching Fields have one second to throw and the O-line just absolutely not blocking anybody. I enjoyed that. Oh. I'm sure you didn't. But I also enjoy watching DJ Moore score three touchdowns. That is also pretty cool. We're going to talk uh, about him a little bit later. But in yeah, the their corner. defense sucks. Their defense sucks. They need Eddie, Eddie Jackson back. Uh, Jefferson to IR. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a different Vikings team, I think. I'm not sure what it will look like there. If it's going to be more Madison or if it's going to be more Addison and KJ Osborne on the outsides, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be kind of shit Chicago weather, real windy. Uh, and when Chicago gets windy, that stadium, you can expect at least five to 10 mile per hour winds higher than what it is outside. Yep. So uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be a, an air air attack like a lot of people are expecting in this one. But uh, let's hope for the best, you know, hope for good weather and uh, hope the Bears can get really close to winning and then lose. That's like every Bears fan's ideal scenario, right? Correct. You guys yeah. love that shit. As long as Fields plays good and you guys lose, you can wake up happy Monday morning. Yep, you know, a couple weeks ago I was thinking Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison with a number one overall and number three overall pick in the NFL draft in 2024. And now I'm starting to look at defensive prospects, Bordy. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself but because <laughs> um, Caleb would still be a very nice luxury to have. But who knows? I mean, the Patriots look terrible. The Texans are coming back down to earth. The Cardinals have actually only won one game. The Giants are awful. So there's going to be some competition for Caleb. Broncos sure. lost another tonight. Yep, good call. Um, all right, let's move. Broncos into... are the worst team in the league, as far as I see it. Yeah, we didn't talk we didn't about the talk Thursday about night it. game. Should we talk about that? I mean, the, do we are, need to? Let's not talk about the Broncos. The Chiefs are great. I think that's my only note on it. Is the Chiefs? Chiefs are far from great. They're yes. not world beaters this year. They're they are good. They're a good football team, but they are not elite. They are not. The, if they play the Niners next week, Niners are what four and a half point favorites. Yeah, I'd like the Niners. If they played in the Super Bowl next week, Niners, Chiefs, and it was all on the line, I think the Niners would take that one by a touchdown at least. Well, if it's the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to take the Chiefs just because it's Mahomes. Um, but if it's week seven, then I'm probably taking the Niners. Um, but let's move through it because, yeah, that game was just terrible tonight. Um, Niners at the Browns. The line moved dramatically. I think it moved five points with the announcement that Deshaun Watson is out. Really a shame that he's out. We have to watch DTR again. This was in our cornerstone, I'm sure. I'm sure it was our number one game, honestly, if Watson would have been playing, but it's just not the case. So the Niners are favored by nine and a half points in Cleveland, and I think they just mollywop these guys again, man. Cleveland's defense is good. They're very good, but they're going to be on the field a lot because DTR, I mean, if we saw Dak throw three picks against the Niners, and Dak is still a good quarterback in my estimation. One week doesn't change that for me. DTR is probably the worst starting quarterback in the league right now, and he's going to have Nick Bosa breathing down his neck harder than ever. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. He was uh, he was thrown into that game last week, not taking probably any first-team reps. Uh, this Watson stuff is concerning. Uh, the fact that he was supposed to play two weeks ago, didn't. They had a bye. Now he's still not back is uh strange to say the least but uh are you suggesting that it could be something other than an injury maybe he went to am i suggesting it could be massage related nuts but um, it it could be anything with that fucking guy you know it really could man yeah and he was getting he was just fun to watch too that previous week which is so disappointing. but And I would give DTR a chance, Bordy, if he was playing anybody other than the Niners. If he was playing the Chargers, I would give him a chance. But he's not. He's playing against Fred Warner and fucking Eric Armstead and uh, who's the guy? Jonathan Hargrave. And Clellan Farrell is actually a good player in the NFL now because he's on the Niners. That's just what happens is if you're a high like lottery pick, and you don't pan out for the first couple of years of your career, sign a one-year deal in San Francisco, and then you're going to get paid the next year. That's just the way that things work over there. 
they just produce D linemen like it's fucking nothing. Like the way that Pittsburgh used to produce receivers and the Cowboys produced running backs in the 90s and 2000s and 2010s. Like that's just the way it goes. Um, all right, moving on to Saints Texans. Uh, this might be the most boring game of all time if it, were, if it weren't for CJ Stroud. The Saints are so boring. I don't care that they won by 34 last week. They're just boring, dude. I don't like watching them play football anymore. And it's sad because they used to be so cool. Marquise Colston, Drew Brees, you know, it was like a fun franchise. Like they had energy, but now it's just Derek Carr. Like I need Jameis. Jimmy Graham's still there. You can still count on Jimmy Graham. <laughs> and even like Kamara doesn't you look the count same. on Jimmy. Like Kamara doesn't look as explosive. He's not evading every tackle. Like he used to be an automatic one broken tackle every time he touched the ball. And it's just, it's not the same anymore, man. It makes me sad. Yeah, I'm not seeing any push on that O-line. That's what I chalk most of the inefficiency Kamara's had, which he's still been decent. He got a touchdown last week and had 14 catches the week before. But other than that, he's just been really inefficient. Same with that whole offense. Uh, Yeah, but 14 catches. I think he's a That 14 catches two years ago would have That's not good. That's good. That's fantasy good. Yeah, but that would have been 120 yards two years ago, and the – it was 50 yards that week. That's my point. It's like I expected – I mean, we buy into all this hype in the offseason where they're like they balanced his leg weight or whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, ooh, Kamara's going to be back. But it's in reality, it's like he's 27 now. He's not the same guy. At least we yeah, have Yeah, 27 with a lot of miles. It just – because there's guys that are 27 in this league that don't have the miles and they still look a little fresher. But uh, right. he's been ran into the ground a little bit. Uh I don't see the Saints team as a much of a threat at all. They could be a playoff team, but uh, see if they can go on the road this week and uh, handle a divisional foe that will uh, tell us. A, we're going to learn a lot about both teams this week. Uh, Houston took a lo- tough loss to Atlanta last week. They couldn't really figure anything out until the fourth quarter. So, uh, Did you say divisional yeah. foe? The Texans are in the AFC South. The Saints are in the NFC South. Okay, well they're both in the south. It's a <laughs> it's a geographical duel. There you go. That's much better. Um, I liked your point about Kamara because this goes in nicely to our next game. The Dolphins are favored by thirteen and a half against the Panthers. And speaking of your point about Kamara only being twenty seven and not having a lot of miles on his legs, Mostert raised that issue earlier this year. He's like, I might be thirty one years old, but I didn't play a lot my first you know six or seven years in the league, whatever it was. So he still looks fresh. And A chain is out this week. So most fantasy owners, here's your fantasy corner right here, Bordy. They're going to be jizzing all over the place because he's going to – the Panthers' defense is solid, but this Dolphins' offense, it's going to be a track meet, man. Like Mostert's going to probably top one of A-Chain's speed records, 24 miles an hour, wherever the mm-hmm. fuck it was. And Tyreek, I have him later in the bottom being cha-ching, rent money corner. Um, but, yeah, I mean – A note there, think about it this way. Mostert was in San Fran for all those years, right? Yep. It's like – keeping a car outside in San Francisco, that car is going to be a lot better shape than if you keep your car outside in Iowa. Yes. Keep it outside in Iowa. You're going to get a lot of rust. But in LA, you know, he's he's got soft tissue. You know, the muscles are still flowing. You know, you got that LA sun getting so much vitamin D or whatever comes from the sun. I'm not a fucking scientist. But, uh... Dude, how are yeah, you going to say you're not a scientist I, I, when you were just dropping meteorology facts about Soldier Field and the wind miles per hour like 10 minutes ago? That was insane that you did that. I was like, holy shit, Bordy's a meteorologist. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of weather issues this week. Uh, I brought it up in that one, but uh, basically everything on the East Coast is going to be a little windy. Okay. So, uh, Some under- you know, I always got to check the weather with my uh, field goal props. So I'm ahead on that. Um yeah, Dolphins, Panthers, Dolphins favored by uh, two tuds. Uh, should be a decent play there for them to cover that. A chain goes to IR. Should be a big Mostert week. Should be a big Tyreek Hill week. And uh, let's see if another week of Bryce Young not figuring it out. There's a lot of noise coming out of Carolina about who made that number one overall pick. Yep. Uh, some are saying Frank Wright wanted C.J. Stroud, but uh, apparently the owners are heavily involved there. They wanted their uh, baby face, Bryce Young, and it hasn't panned out for him. 
and they look atrocious. Uh, the defense was good last year. The defense hasn't been good this year. I think Frank Wright might be the first coach fired in the league. I think he is absolutely atrocious. I mean, I haven't played football in six years, and I wouldn't play for that fucking guy. He's like a he's like a Mormon, no cussing, no uh, swear words in the rap music we're playing. Like, come on, dude. These are grown men. You don't need to be fucking beating your Bible over NFL players' heads. They're they're there to ball. Your Mormon so, uh, Bible. Take a step aside and uh, let the Panthers maybe try to get a few wins because they don't have their first round pick and it's not looking up for the boys. Yep. And in the NFL, we don't call those guys Mormons. We just call them pussies. Like if you're not going to let them listen, <laughs> I serve the base by future before the game, then you're just promising yourself a loss and that's on you. So fuck Frank Reich. I'm with you there. Um, this is going to be the first game that red zone actually not even turns away from because they'll show, still show Dolphins highlights. Scott Hansen will be reminding us that Tyreek Hill is really fast and I'm going to be hard on my couch. But they're not going to show the Panthers offense once unless like Thielen like, has like 13 catches for like 55 yards Kamara style. Um, all right, let's fly through these last couple of games. Patriots at the Raiders. Raiders favored by two and a half. Josh McDaniels revenge game. I'm not watching this one at all. I is this yeah. an afternoon game? This is going to be fucking disgusting. Yeah, my only note on this one was just gross. Yep, let's move on. That's perfect. Cardinals at Rams. Rams favored by seven. Arizona coming in. Divisional game. Rams looked good last week against the Eagles, but the Eagles just, they find a way to win games. Um, but it's nice to have Cooper Cup back. Cooper Cup and Nakua, are they the best receiver duo in the league, or does it belong to Waddle and Hill, um, Chase and Higgins, Jefferson, and a homeless man? Who do you got for your best receiver duo? Oof, man, that's tough. That's a tough one. Tyreek Hill and Waddle are a pretty good duo. Waddle's kind of been underperforming this year, but you could just always count on that guy for five grabs and about fifty yards. Yeah, Debo and Ayuk uh, are up there. I forgot to mention them. Yeah, but Puka and Koopa, they're climbing the ranks pretty fast. They're climbing the ranks pretty fucking fast, man. That was adorable, Morty. Puka and Koopa. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, all right, Puka Eagle, and Koopa. Eagles are favored by seven. I, was, I wasn't done talking about my Puka and Koopa. Okay, all I'm right? sorry. I'm sorry. And Rams are always losing. They're always throwing the ball. And those guys just run some pretty routes. Yep. So uh, I love watching the Rams. Cardinals, they're an exciting team to watch this year. At least we can count on uh, some cool jerseys in this one. I like both these teams' of uniforms. I do too. I really like them. All right, Eagles by seven over the Jets in New York. Um, so last week I mentioned on the pod that Hado and I cooked up a three-team teaser. We bought points, um, seven of them to be exact, and it hit. Proud to announce that. Ooh, so our teaser nice. of the week is – Congratulations. Or our teaser – okay, thanks, Bordy. Fuck you. The teaser of the week is Eagles – up to a tie with the Jets. So they just have to win for us to hit it, tie to push. Um, and then we had the Niners by two and a half over the Browns. And what was the last leg? This is a great podcasting. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, thanks for thanks for your heavy, heavy favorite parlay, Bev, that you're teasing down. <laughs> it's plus 120, so people can win money off of it. We hit last week. Oh, the Dolphins by six and a half over the Panthers. I think it's a lock. Plus 120. Put 100 bucks on it. Come out up 120. Feel good about yourself. No other thoughts you're on this a, game. You're, you're a real fucking pioneer in this betting <laughs> podcast arena. I'm, I'm just trying to win money, Bordy. It's not about pioneering. <laughs> it's about winning fucking money. I can pioneer on the Song Draft podcast. Nobody else is doing those, okay? But when it comes down to talking about NFL football and gambling, I just want to win. That's all I care about. Well, if you want fucking guaranteed money, go fucking DoorDash during the games, all right? Because I need I need my fucking chicken Sammy and cheesecake, all right? <laughs> Giants are so. at the Bills on Sunday night. The Bills are favored by 14 and a half. Why? Why are they doing this to us? Like, why? I can't watch Daniel Jones anymore, Bordy. I don't want to hear Chris Collinsworth <laughs> say like, oh, you know, he's pretty fast for a white quarterback. I don't care. I don't care. He's <laughs> impossible to watch. This is going to be a, such a one-sided game. 14 and a half seems low, honestly. It should be fucking 20 and a half. There's probably never been a line in the NFL, but that's what it should be. Yeah, uh, Daniel Jones dealing with a neck injury. I honestly think he's faking it. 
like your neck's such like a you're getting your ass kicked you know and you just look over at your coach like coach oh, i can't move my neck wait are we getting tie rod this week yeah i think i think we might be getting tie rod this week that changes which, uh, everything that changes everything i'm back in on this game i'm gonna that, watch the fuck that out <laughs> that, that doesn't change anything betting wise sadly it might be more entertaining for sick fucks like you listeners out there in viv but uh yeah bills sh- eagles should handle the jets and bills should handle the giants here tyrod taylor is my favorite college football quarterback of all time um so i'm always in on him he's the guy where like madden 18 i I think it was Matt 18, might have been Matt in 17. I essentially built a franchise around him and won several Super Bowls. So he's always going to have a place in my heart. I fucking love Tyrod. Um, well, all right. Sadly, he's going to get killed behind this Giants O line this week. So <laughs> say, your, say your goodbyes to Tyrod. That's a fact. All right. Moving into rent money, bada bing, cha ching, corner. We got five picks for you guys every week. We're, we're going to hit them all this week, Bordy. We're finally going to hit our first parlay this week. I can fucking feel it, and I love yours. I'm all in on yours. What's your money line of the week? has to be an underdog. What is your underdog money line of the week? Underdog money line, I got the Seahawks going into Cincinnati and taking care of business. Hell I yes. think since he's overhyped after last week, um, Seahawks defense has been underperforming, but I think they got uh, enough talent in the back end with – the likes of Woolen, their first round pick Witherspoon, I believe. Dog. And a few other guys back there. Kobe um, Bryant. Seahawks Seahawks coming off a of bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for uh old Burrow and the Bengals. So uh come on, Gino. Quit being a fucking loser and throw it to DK, Lockett, and JSM. Like yep. it's so easy. And hand there. it off to Kenny Walker and Charbonnet. Like that offense is loaded to the cheeks. Oh, yeah. Noah Fant, too, out there. Tight end, you. Hawks in the NFL. I love it. I'm going with the Bears over the Vikings, baby. Plus 128 at home. Fuck Kirk Cousins. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I I like this. I like this. Fuck Kevin O'Connell. Fuck Minnesota. Fuck Skull. Fuck the Purple. (laughs) They're all pussies up there, dude. They traded the guy who. Literally had dirty sprite two cleats inducted into the Hall of Fame. Fuck the Vikings. I'll never forgive them for what they did to Stephon Diggs. Glad he's out of the division. I'll miss Justin Jefferson. He's on my fantasy team. Nobody cares about my fantasy team. What's your spread of the week, Bordy? Spread those legs for me, baby. Spread of the week. We don't have it any other way. Colts getting four at Jacksonville. Mm. Minshew's going to show the Jaguars what they're missing, baby. Minshew mania. It's that time, man. It's yes, that time. Sir. Eagles Go by ahead, seven sir. over the Jets. No, you're good. Eagles by seven in New York or in New Jersey over the Jets. Zach Wilson playing against Jalen Carter. Um, might die. Good luck. I mean, we we were you, the you, front. You gotta you gotta force Zach Wilson to beat you. You know, like the Eagles are they're gonna put up their points. Where are the Jets gonna get their points? You know, Brees Hall isn't gonna have it as easy as he did in Denver. So I'm with you here. Eagles minus seven. And my over-under, I'm going to go with the London under this week. Baltimore, Tennessee, under 41 and a half. Teams just struggle in London to score the ball. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure if it's the body clock adjustment or if it's just the fact that, that you know. Bullshit, it's that bullshit tap water. <laughs> what? <laughs> they have bullshit tap water there? Yeah, fucking tap water in Europe fucking sucks, dude. Is that right? Okay. Another win for America. How about that? Uh, what's your over-under of the week? I got the over in Washington at Atlanta. Yep, you alluded to this earlier. I love this. Yeah, I think it's another game kind of like Atlanta and uh, the Texans last week where they scored about 20 each. And I th- Just like a little more scoring in that one. I think uh, Commanders, they like to air it out. It's either a quick touchdown drive or a three and out, which bodes well for the over. And uh, Atlanta at home, maybe three field goals and a touchdown or two. Give me the over. And what is your prop of the week? You just skipping over? You you took the London game over under. Uh, Prop of the week, give me the Cowboys kicker on Monday night is uh, over on field goals made. Uh, Still don't trust this Cowboys offense in the red zone. Uh, we have just been god awful. Yep. 
in that aspect. Um, kicking in a nice stadium. It's going to be bright, beautiful, hot chicks in the crowd. Mm. And it's a night game, so uh, it meets my criteria. It meets all the criteria. I forgot about the hot chicks part. That might not be good for the kicks. That might be Mike McCarthy going for it on fourth and eight, just hoping to land a seven somewhere in LA. Well, that's that's literally that's kicker's entire motivation though, is to get laid. Like they've been Yeah, that's true. They've been doing that shit since college. Uh yeah. if you make the kick like, if you make the kick, you're getting a handy at the bar that night. If you miss the kick, <laughs> you're you might get a burning cross in your front yard. Jesus Christ. All right, moving on from that, uh, I got Tyreek Hill over 88 and a half receiving yards. I mean, he's playing against the Panthers. Dante Jackson is the only corner in the league that's fast enough to keep up with him, and I think he's out this week. So I'm going to go with Tyreek over 88 and a half. They're going to force feed that fucker. He just seems to do it every week, so I'm just going to take it. And who the he hell told it, you? Whatever. Who the hell told you that the Panthers' corners out? Where did you read that? Because who's talking think, about that fucking guy? Like, I oh. think I saw it on. I think I saw it on Madden. <laughs> so <laughs> that might not be the best source, but I'm pretty sure Dante Jackson is out. And if it's not Dante Jackson, it's J.C. Horn. Whatever the fuck, I don't care. It's Tyree Kill. It doesn't matter what corners guarding him. Nobody can stop him. 88 and a half receiving yards. I'll hammer it. All right. What is your? My head says no. My heart says fuck it. Parlay this week. I'm calling this one the London Lay. Mm-hmm. We got the 8:30 Central game in London, so uh, I took a TD score. I'm not sure his name, but it was the most uh, British-sounding name there was. It is the Chagosia McConquo, the tight end for the Titans. Say that one more time for everybody. Chagosia Okonkwo. Okonkwo is his last name. Beautiful. I'm not sure where he hails from, but uh. I'm sure it's somewhere Europe colonized. I will take Lamar's over on passing yards, 224. I will take over three and a half field goals made in the game. Said earlier, Nick Folk and Justin Tucker. And you got uh, two offenses that uh, tend to get stagnant from time to time. Yep. And then the cherry on top of the London lay, Roquan Smith over six and a half tackles. I mean... I think he wakes up out of bed with six or seven tackles. With uh, ten I tackles. I didn't yeah. know this was a prop that you could put on. The fact that you like woke something up in me when I read the Roquan stat, <laughs> or not even the stat, the bet, I was like, I'm taking this every week for the rest of my life until he retires. Every single week I'm taking Roquan over on tackles. And probably oh, Fred Warner too. God, I was staring at that uh, Chris Jones sack line tonight like it was a Tomahawk steak. Just some of those defensive lines just absolutely give me going. But it also it gets tough when they start adding like the half sacks and half tackles. Yeah. So uh, beware of that. But uh, the London Lays sitting at a plus 3,000-ish. Plus 3,100. I'd, I'd say it's about a fucking lock as you can get. I'm putting down $2.50 on this, and I'm going to come out with $80. So, yeah, I'm in on it. Um, my parlay of the week, returning to week one, I went with a uh, Justin Fields parlay, I believe, or maybe it was week three. I can't remember. I have a terrible memory. Bring it back. Bringing it back. Justin Fields over one and a half passing touchdowns. DJ Moore over four and a half receptions. And he also has to get 70 yards on those five catches at least. That's plus 453. The Bears are rolling. We're going to fucking ride with them. I'm pumped about it. Now it's time, Bordy. This week, I asked you to watch Bong Joon-ho's 2019 Best Picture winner, Best Screenplay winner, Best Director winner, Parasite. Bong what did you think? Ho, that sounds, Bong Joon-ho, that sounds like a good night, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he is the man. He was just killing it the entire night of the Oscars. Everybody gave him a standing ovation every time he won up for an award because he kept fucking winning. He shouted out Scorsese during his best director speech. He's like, I wouldn't be a director if it wasn't for Martin Scorsese. And that's my kind of guy, shouting out the goats. If I ever win any award, I'm just going to shout out Future. So <laughs> shout out to Bong Joon-ho for shouting out Scorsese. What did you think of Parasite? Did you like this movie? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was... uh kind of like an adventure comedy in like a you know it kind of just feels like a silent movie when you gotta read the subtitles kind of and then 
whatever they're saying is like a weird like ding 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 ding. But uh, it was fun. A lot of a lot of twists and turns. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good movie. I I understand why it won all the awards. It's definitely better than the shit movies us fat Americans are putting out. So give me okay, okay. Now I do want to I do want to mention some of the the movies that it competed with that it won awards over. Okay, twenty nineteen is my favorite movie year of all time. I'm just gonna read you. I have the letterbox list right here. Let me pull it up. Give me one moment. Oh, I'm sure you fucking do. Yeah, I love me some hot Korean girls too. So that was a nice little treat. No, we're we're gonna talk about Parasite more, but I want to mention the movies that it competed against. So Parasite was my third favorite movie of 2019. Number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number two, The Irishman. Number three, Irishman Parasite. Number four, watch your fucking mouth. Number four, Uncut Gems. Number five, Little Women. Number six, Marriage Story. Number seven, The Lighthouse. Number eight, Booksmart. Number nine, Knives Out. Ten, Portrait of Lady on Fire. Other movies to come out that year, Avengers Endgame, Us, Joker, 1917, a Spider-Man movie, the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, Ford vs. Ferrari, Midsommar, John Wick 3, Long Shot, The Beach Bum, High Flying Bird, Rocket Man, It Chapter 2, which was terrible, and I don't think I'm missing anything else. Great year for movies, but that top four is insurmountable. Top five even, even Little Women. And, but the fact that we're not talking about The Irishman. I'm talking about that with Hotto later. Um, but Parasite, back to Parasite. What did you think of the sequence where the rich dad and the rich mom come home and the poor family is in the house and they're hiding and they have to be dead silent because the rich family doesn't know they're there yet. And the rich dad and rich mom start talking dirty to each other and they pretend to be poor. And then she gives them an OTPHJ and then they just start boning. Was that your favorite part of the movie? (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty hot. Uh, that's that's kind of my style is that how you dirty that's talk kind of, yeah that's kind of yeah. my style of getting it on it's just some uh wiggling on the couch you know but uh yeah man it was uh anxiety inducing when the rich family came home and they're all just getting wasted in the living room but uh question why did they have that why, yeah. did, why did they have that pet dude locked in the basement so they didn't have Did they know he was down there no they didn't know that he was down there the reason that he was down there was their maid had him in there like their housekeeper she didn't have anywhere else for him to stay because they had been taken advantage of by the government they'd been foreclosed on on their home they couldn't afford anything so she was like i'm just going to keep him down there and i'm going (laughs) to feed him the leftover scraps essentially oh he fucking loved it down there dude dude that shot of him when he's like first coming up for the first time in like five years or whatever it is and it's just his eyes right above the stairs, and there's just that dark background. That's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. Then he smashes that dude's head in with the fucking rock and goes on a stabbing spree. That was awesome. Yep. Well, but, uh, yeah, not where I expected that movie to go, but uh, it, w- it was fucking crazy to put it put it into few words. Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, so Hotto and I went and saw it in Iowa City when it came out at Film Scene. And, you know, the, the word parasite, I was like, oh, this is going to be like some weird body horror movie with some alien inside of a person. And that's just not it at all. It's, you know, this beautiful metaphor mm-hmm. for, you know, capitalism, and all that kind of stuff, if you want to read into it that way. But at the end of the day, it's just a fun thriller and it's really quite great. And I liked your point about silent movies and foreign films and how those two kind of correlate with one another, because I agree you can pick up on the tone but they don't have the same inflection in their voice necessarily when they're reading their dialogue or performing their dialogue as an american actor might at least that we're used to but the fact that the movie's so beautifully shot and the story's so good you can overcome that barrier so i'm really happy that you liked it so we're not going to watch a foreign movie this week we're not going to watch the irishman either because you're talking shit about it and i don't think you have the time to watch it since it's 17 hours long but we I mean, are. the Irishman's basically my life. <laughs> I don't need to watch watch a movie about washed-up Italians. You're constantly contemplating mortality, like De Niro and Pesci and Scorsese. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. I got a banger for you. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Anybody can watch it that has Amazon Prime. All of America has Amazon Prime. Sound of Freedom. Nope, absolutely not. That movie <laughs> sucked ass. Um, but this movie does have... A similar title to it, Sound of Freedom, 
This movie is called Children of Men, and it's one of my favorite movies of the century. Let me see where I have it on my list. All I thought time. you were going to say Children of the Corn. Nope. Children of Men. You should have watched that. It really rips. It is number 44 on my list in between Nope and Little Miss Sunshine at number 44. So this is a fucking banger. I think you're going to love it. Another movie you're not going to know what's happening. Um, or I shouldn't say that. Once you start it, you'll understand what's happening very quickly. And the heightened sense of drama begins from scene one. So I'm fired up. It's a good thriller. It's a good action movie. And it's just a banger. So Children of Men. Alfonso Cuarón, European director. Um, but he's working with Clive Owen as his main actor here. Also, Julianne Moore in it. So Michael Caine is in it. You know him from the Batman. He plays Alfred. He plays a fucking stoner in this movie, which is awesome. So I'm pumped to rewatch this one, too. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Okay, everybody, have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it so dearly. We love you. Share the pod with a friend. Share the pod with a family member. But once again, Bordy, do not share this podcast with any fucking lames. We cannot make that clear, okay? If you send it to a lame, we are going to cancel your subscription to the Pop-Off Podcast. We've been working really hard to make this show as cool and fun and weird and different as possible. We think we're doing a pretty good job, right? So if you sacrifice that commitment that we've made in this relationship we've made between podcaster and listener and you share it with a lame it's over we're dumping your ass all right so don't share with any fucking lames share it with the real ones we love you guys thank you for listening we'll see you on the other side peace out silence your cell phones now